All right, hey guys, so back on the couch today for our first podcast I've done in a little while. This time with Joe Davis from Proper Fitness Academy. Say hi, Joe. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Good. We've got all our nice setup here. So we've got, uh, not only are we doing a podcast, but we're also doing a video for, um, to split up into different videos for social media too. Um, all right, let's jump it off on the first topic. Uh, what made you start in the fitness industry? Uh, for me... My story comes from when my mum passed away, so I, was, I just became obsessed with health and fitness after watching her go through cancer when I was six or seven years old. Um, and then through my teens, I was just like immersed in trying to stay as healthy as possible so I could live forever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically it just built from there. Um, and then I got that interest into massage so I could help people get over injuries and things and get better. Um, and then natural therapies and medicines and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it just sort of went from there and then I became a PT after that so it was like a bit yeah. of a long long way round um, but yeah I started doing massage to help people uh, get past injuries and I realized that they needed to get stronger and not just be released in the treatment room and then that's why I went and often did my PT course um, and never looked back cool man that's awesome how about you um, myself well I just I love training and I remember I remember sitting in my office I used to work in like a corporate type job in the office wearing you know fancy shoes and stuff you were in the corporate yeah, yeah I was in the corporate yeah I know right <laughs> this is before the hand turns yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I was sitting there and I was like, I was listening to some, uh, some work colleagues, these, uh, ladies bitching about shit in the office. And I was like, I'd love to be in the gym just doing deadlifts right now. <laughs> and I was like, what's the time? I was like, oh shit, it's only 8am. I've got another 12 hours to go. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to go, uh, do my PT course. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I eh? just switched over to transition over to personal training nice. and, um, haven't really stopped since then. Just just keep pushing, keep pumping. How old were you? Uh, that was four years ago. So back in 2016. So, oh, so not that yeah, long. yeah, yeah. So I was that, that would have been 20, well, I'm 27. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. What were you doing in the corporate? I can't imagine you were in an office. Oh, well I was doing, um, hire coordinator, like coordinating hire machines uh, and sales yeah, machinery okay. and organizing transport and things like that. Still so big, heavy get them objects. Out to, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just wasn't physically lifting yeah. them. <laughs> get them loaded onto trucks and yeah but it wasn't it wasn't uh i didn't wake up out of bed every morning going yeah i can't wait to go organize a sale for this machine or organize a hire for this machine i was like i'd love to go organize a sale for my own business yeah. of some sort and that's probably the biggest push for me is i always always loved having my doing my own thing mm-hmm. like um as much as like and i don't take anything away from having a good job because you can learn if you if you ask the right questions and you work for a successful company i think that you can learn so much from it and one of the things i found was when i sat down to the owner of the company um i asked him how did he get into his position he said to me that you know 13 years ago he was working in sales at a car yard and he said he was struggling to pay for his children's school fees and he said he wants to he wanted to make a change and then 13 years later his company's worth a half half a billion dollars and he said just didn't stop he just kept pushing keep pushing and yeah that's, that's awesome. it yeah so yeah. That, that that made me go wow maybe i should um maybe i should just do what i love do your own <laughs> yeah, thing exactly and that's the thing some people love that um challenge yeah some people love not having that pressure and yeah. just being able to go to work nine to five, yeah. clock off at the end of the day. Yeah. There's no right or wrong in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I get to that point sometimes, you know, like as you probably do, you get those days or those weeks where you're, you just get a bit tired of like cracking your own whip yes. <laughs> and you yeah. kind of yeah. want to just, yeah, sometimes I think, 
God, I wish I was just getting paid to just rock up <laughs> and not yeah. get, not have to create my own yeah. work, do my own work, chase up my own work, and then and then repeat and repeat and then promote yeah. my own work and market myself. But yeah. I do love that challenge and the strategy of having your own business and things. So I, I've never looked back now. But um, yeah, definitely, there's been days or weeks where I'm just like, fuck, I wish someone was just paying me a wage to just rock up and yep. have a coffee and have a chat at the water cooler. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely great when you find your passion and you can just work in something that you love and yes. you, you go into work and you're finishing each week and you're exhausted, but you're, physic- you're physically exhausted or mentally exhausted, but you're also really accomplished and yeah. you're like patting yourself on the back. Like, and it's just a nice feeling um, yeah, when, you, when you're doing something you enjoy doing. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Is that it's one of those things that if it was easy, everyone who is ambitious would do it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are stuck in jobs they hate and they want to do their own thing. They're just fearful of making that next step. Because yeah. They don't have someone there to, you know, they don't have someone to go, Oh, you know, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And yeah, it's a great thing about mentors too. Yeah. Is um, finding someone who's done what you've, uh, what you want to achieve Definitely. and then go off there. Did you have anyone like that when you first started? Yeah. Someone just popped into my head actually, when you said that there's a guy, so I worked at a gym first in Melbourne called Kettlefit and I just, finished my massage diploma my diploma of remedial massage and my plan to play it safe because I'm at naturally I'm a bit of a play it safe kind of person I was like well I'll just go work for a physio or an osteo I'll work under them for a year get to grips with the job get some experience and then maybe start my own thing but I know now if I'd ever gone down that route I would never have started my own thing and anyway I went to this and then um, someone I sort of knew through the massage world was like hey there's a guy in um Melbourne, he's just opened up a new small studio. He wants someone to take over the space above, which is a treatment room. Um, Why don't you go and meet him and and have a chat about what he wants to do? So I went and met him and I was like, talking to him about it. And I was like, yeah, look, I've only just graduated. I haven't really worked as a massage therapist ever. So I'm I'm a bit scared to start on my own. He was like, just fucking do it. You got to do it one day. Why not today? (laughs) And then I was like, all right. And I never looked back. And I, so I just went and set up my own little treatment room in this space and, um, just started building my own business and learning on the job, how to be a massage therapist. (laughs) It was just crazy. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that he gave me that push because he did push me through the years just to keep like, uh, extending myself and learning new things and trying new things and stuff. And that was sort of where I gained my momentum. Whereas I reckon if I hadn't have met him or bumped into him, I would have just been working for someone then worked for someone else and then just stayed capped. Whereas now I've been out on my own. I'm like, well, I'm going to go and be a PT. And I just started working in the gym, not just on, in the treatment room. And I was running two shows like in the gym, in the treatment room. And then I was like, uh, you know, went on to other things and I, I want to study nutrition and stuff. So it's just made me keep sort of stretching for new things. Um, so it was good. Yeah. yeah did did awesome. you meet anyone? Um, yeah. So probably a big thing was for me is when I first started in the PT industry, like pretty much since I got my cert four, um, is I set a course with a guy named Mark Tobery, um, who's based in Melbourne under Enterprise Fitness. Oh, yeah. Um, and really good bloke, very knowledgeable what he does, and he's very much into structure of, you know, systems and training. And as a new PT, I soaked that up. Yep. On that course, I met a, um, I met a lady who runs a gym uh, in Perth here, and they took me in and pretty much taught me a lot of the basics on programming, nutrition, a lot of things like that. And I really thrived off that type of environment. Yeah. But then I found it out 
like as you do with anything naturally outgrow those sort of environments yeah. and then stepping away from that because that was a very structured environment on how they want you to run your business yeah. how you do how you set up your programs how you take care of your clients it's all fits into different categories if that makes sense was and every PT the same yes every PT with was the pretty, same system yeah exactly pretty much every client in the gym has the same program yeah. as everyone else it's just like it's uh it's just a different variation slightly yeah. which again it's, it can be quite similar like that for a lot of clients but yeah, yeah. it got to the point where I was like there must be more to learn elsewhere so I found stepping out of that and into a place like Rebo, for example, is um, they give you so much freedom on what you do. They don't have like they don't have any input into how you run your business. Yeah, they more have they more support you regardless of your individuality yeah. and what you do. Like you can be a kettlebell person, for example. Yeah. you could be a person that loves doing you know group circuits. You could be yeah. a strength person. You could be a friggin' um, person that loves I don't know just battle ropes, for example. Mm. They they wouldn't judge you because they just purely like to grow that individual environment so that's uh that's one thing i found for me that um helped me develop more mm. skills or stepping away from a structure um but yeah that first mentorship right there i think is so key for any new personal business or PT yeah. to to have to um give you that sort of edge see that's really interesting because i didn't know gyms did that because so when i was at kettle fit i was just paying a rent for the treatment room and then I was just paying a rent for the gym and the treatment room, but yep. no one was ever telling me sort of how to plan my sessions or run it and stuff. I had to like sort of go yes. out reading yeah. stuff. Um, I would work closely with osteopaths and physios and stuff because we would share clients, like rehab clients. Um, so I would learn stuff off of them and off books and off YouTube and things, but there was no one ever sort of guiding me on the way. But I wish I had done that, invested in someone that had that knowledge to sort of fast track that process I guess I had lots yeah, of freedom yeah. at the start but I think sometimes you do need that kind of path yes someone yeah. just to be like look here's a path it's not the path but try this for a bit and then make your own mind up once you get to the end of that path yes 100% because yeah. it would just help you get to grips with the beginning yes whereas I was just so. like fuck there's so much to learn and I was like there were times <laughs> where I was just so overwhelmed yeah and because I was living on the other side of the world to all my friends and family as well they're all in England and I was just like what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm in a city where I know no one. I've started a business that I don't even know how to run. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but oh, it great. all worked out. Yeah, that's it, man. Now you're in Perth. Here you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, cool, man. That probably takes on to our next topic is uh, what's some things that you learned at the beginning or you learned off different people that you found that you either over, over, because you've been in PT for how many years now? Um, I'd say five or six. Yeah, five or six. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, cool. So yeah, I'm about four now, or coming up to four years. And what are some things that you found that were um, that you learned at the beginning uh, that you over time, just through general experience, or the way you found that worked for you, that worked differently, or changed your opinion on things? Um, what in terms of anything? anything could be like training, for example, could be nutrition. Um, so when I first started out, like I said, because my whole focus was health. I think what I did, what I wouldn't want someone else to do, um, like I did at the start, was I listened to YouTube gurus too much. <laughs> and I went down this whole path of like, animal products cause disease, anything that isn't a superfood is disease. And I just went down this whole path of like, oh my God, we can't eat cooked food or grains or animal products or dairy. 
oh, and I was just like, became this fucking weirdo. <laughs> so I wouldn't eat out because they didn't eat, cook with organic vegetables. I was like, so anyway, I went down this path and it was just, I think one thing, if I could go back and teach my former self would just be think critically, like evaluate the evidence, like ask more than one question, like listen to more than one person, ask more questions. Um, because I definitely made that mistake of just like hearing one bit of knowledge, watching one documentary, you know, like how everyone's come out now saying the game changes, the game changes, the game changes, everyone's going vegan. It's just like this one documentary produced by one person with an agenda to create one way of thinking. So it's like, yes, take that on board, uh, but then go and ask more questions and source more bits of information. So I think the thing I'm trying to get to is just keep asking questions, don't accept that one way is the way. Um, for example, the people that I was around would preach that you know kettlebells are the best training tool in the entire world um, because they were running a kettlebell gym. And there's nothing wrong with that, they believe that, and they're doing a great job with kettlebells and the techniques and the classes they run and stuff, and they're getting great results. But you know, if someone wanted to become a strong man, then you wouldn't say kettlebells are the best tool in the world. It's the best tool for what they were trying to achieve, which was a group class environment, fast paced hit with weights. And I still use kettlebells now for hit because I think it's the best form of hit because you're using weight and speed. Whereas if you're just bouncing around like, you know, F45, for example, I don't think it's the best form of hit. Um, so, you know, I think that's the thing. It's, as you go up the ladder, everyone's going to have their input on what the best way is, the only way. And I think you just got to keep asking questions and find your own way because I, I was easily influenced. So then I was like, well, kettlebells are the only thing. Can't eat animal products, can't eat grains, can't eat this. Have to live on coconut water and goji berries. <laughs> like it was just all getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah, and then yeah. I got to this point where I was like, hold on a minute. I'm just going to like start reading more science papers and getting yes, bit, yeah. yeah, asking more questions. So just don't stop asking questions and don't, listen to one person's opinion and, and take it on yes. as fact. Yeah. Yeah. What would you uh, say was your biggest lesson at the start? Exactly what you said for me, probably the biggest thing was um, take everything. And I got, I got told this early on, but I probably didn't take it as literally until about a year into my career as I thought I would, is take everything you hear with a grain of salt, yeah. a pinch of salt. Um, so think of it like you know for example someone might say um like yourself for example you know like grains are bad it's like well, why are they bad because this person said well, this person did a post on it this person you know wrote a scientific article on that okay so how many other articles can you read to counteract that argument and give you a clear indication of a study that's actually been done on that like, yeah that's probably something i rushed a lot at first because like you, I was very similar. I went in like an open book into the industry. Yeah. And the place I worked at, um, where I got mentored for business, they also had very strict beliefs on if you use the microwave, yeah. um, you'll die. If you ate gluten, you'd die. If you drank milk, you would die. Um, <laughs> if you did, if you did any sort of heavy lifting before four weeks, you would also die. Like, <laughs> they, they had ridiculous views on things and because I'm a very all or nothing person, I put all my belief into that and I carried that with me for about a year. And then I started um, interacting because with that, like with that type of place too, is that you spend so much time there, you don't take notice of like, well, personally, I didn't take notice of other gyms or other people yeah. in the industry. And it wasn't until I met Liv actually, who um, has very, you know, she's been, she had been trained already for about six years and she's very um, knowledgeable with different people in the industry. She's very quiet in herself, but she's actually very knowledgeable in what she knows. Yeah. 
And where she worked uh, was this place called Aspire, which is actually where Kaylin uh, oh, Aspire. was. Yeah, Aspire. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the first place I went to in Perth. Oh, wow, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, was yeah, gonna, yeah. I was gonna go work there. Yeah. And then I applied at Revo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Karen. Anyway, that's all right. Um, yeah, so, uh, and I, I did a couple of train sessions there. I was like, oh, why is no one watching what you're doing? Why is no one talking about how you shouldn't be eating gluten? I was like, I was so confused. <laughs> and um, then I realized, I realized for, I had like this, uh, I had this moment there for a second where I realized Maybe everything I've been doing and telling my clients and been taught so far isn't right. <laughs> and um, yeah, and again, it was one of those things where you're just you're so immersed in an environment yeah. and you just believe it so much. Um, almost like a cult, yeah. dare I say. That is like it was like that type of environment. So learning to um, learn to take on board what you find is useful for you mm-hmm. is really good because like I love I love bread yeah. <laughs> I love burgers I love pizza I also love warm food in a microwave yeah. and I gave all that up and I was wondering why my stress levels were through the roof <laughs> well this is yeah. exactly what happened to me I ended yeah. up more sick trying to stick to all these rules because I was so stressed and yeah. I, my digestion was just like terrible because I had so much anxiety around exactly that as well. Microwaves and um, non-organic food and all yep. this stuff. It was just like isolating me and making me this weirdo that was living on the edge of society. Like looking in at everyone going, you're doing it all wrong. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, who the fuck are you? But yeah, it was so bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's interesting how that happens. It, it must happen to a lot of people at the start. Yes. And I think that's why someone you know, like James Smith, for example, on social media has become so popular so quickly because he's come out saying, just be fucking normal. Like, and yeah. that's, that's his thing. Yeah. Just stop being an idiot. Be normal. You don't have to strive for 6% body fat and abs and all this stuff. Just be normal. Be happy and do what's right for you. And that's essentially what I've come all over six or seven or eight years I've been in the industry now, I've come full circle just to like, back to what my dad used to say when he was, um, I remember watching him in the kitchen because he'd always be losing weight his whole life and stuff and and my stepmom, and he'd have this book and it was just about calories and he'd just write down every day what he ate and then he'd lose like 15 kilos just because he was in a calorie deficit. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, yeah, all I do is eat less. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and now I've gone like, so I went from growing up with him and then thinking I learned all this stuff from the guru. He's like, no, the way to fat loss is to lower your cortisol and only eat superfoods and avoid grains and avoid, and then I've come full circle to like, no, you just have to eat less. <laughs> and at the end of the video, they go, now click on my link to buy my book while I explain it all in detail. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> have my money. <laughs> just take my money. Which is, you know, it is like, I think that's a sad thing in this industry is that um, there's an unethical amount of um, uh, people taking money off new PTs mm. for that reason because they're so naive and they're mm-hmm. so open to things. And um, that's one thing if I can do in future with um, something I'm planning on doing is uh, mentorship for yeah. PTs is actually being able to charge a very small amount for my time, mm-hmm. um, very similar to what I charge per PT session yeah. and actually teach people, look, this is how I do it. I'm not going to say it works for you, yeah. but let's find something that works for you. And yeah, that's, that's what I think should happen. So like you said, people going, this is the only way to do it. And yeah. you listen to enough of those people and you get a bit confused. It's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give people something they can work with and mold themselves around. Definitely. Just give yeah. them a framework that they can then sort of like make their own. Yes. And it's that yeah. classic quote from Bruce Lee. It's like, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless and add what is your own. It's yeah. like, 
That's exactly what you should do. It's like, all right, that bit's useful. That makes sense. That makes sense. This stuff just still sounds a bit fluffy. Now I'm going to add my own little bits to the recipe and now I've yeah. got this end yeah. product that's your own thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, if there's up-and-coming PTs listening, that's what they should just be thinking about doing is like, take the bits that are useful, but don't see anyone as the guru with the way or the system. Because yes. Ultimately, there isn't really a way. Like right. some people thrive on CrossFit. I would yeah. die. Yes. <laughs> and I'd be like, I just don't like fitness. If I had to do CrossFit as my only form of fitness, I'd be like, I don't enjoy training. Yeah. Um, but I don't. So yeah. I don't do that. And I did at one point. Like I liked doing hit classes with kettlebells and stuff. But then now, I've really enjoyed powerlifting. And lately, I'm kind of like. Uh, my joints are getting a bit sore and stuff. I'm kind of a bit over powerlifting. I might try some bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. Take some yeah. pressure off myself and all that. So it's just like, I think you just have to go ride the waves and find out what you enjoy most and just go with that for the time being and accept that it might change one day. 100%. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a very valid point too is that the, the freedom of this industry is that you can be, do, and be, do or um, produce whatever you want. Uh, yeah. in ways of results like it's totally individual you don't have to fit into any one particular system mm. um, and that's that, that's a big lesson to be learned like it can take you it probably took me about two two years after like two years after being at the um, first gym I was at yeah. to unlearn everything yeah. I, was, I was very I was very <laughs> like okay so maybe maybe I'll try this now Maybe I'll try this. Mm. Some of the things I tried, I went completely reverse. Like, you know, I'll just eat burgers every day. Yeah. <laughs> never, I've never done that before in my life. Let's see what happens. Yes, I got fat. <laughs> I got fat. <laughs> um, so yeah, like example of that is just don't be afraid to try things and don't be afraid to fail because like yeah. there's things that are going to work for you that really well. There's going to be things that work for people on social media and there's going to be things that work for your client that are all going to be completely different. So mm. like, and that's something I get now with when I do consults with new clients. So they'll be like, I have a question in there. Like, what is your current relationship like with food? And they'll jot it down. Um, and then I'll be like, is there any specific diets that you follow um, or have followed? Um, and I'll jot some down and someone will be like, this is the only way I like to eat. I'm like, cool. That's the only way you're going to eat. If that works for you, we'll keep doing that. We're yeah. not going to change it. Like I might go, for example, keto. Like I, I did keto. Um, I was an angry bastard. I did not like myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, how long did you do it for? A week. Yeah. <laughs> I was peeing on the stick. I made sure I you know, got into ketosis after oh, like wow. three days. And I was like, this is, you know, this is pretty cool, but I'd wake up having night sweats about eating like donuts. And now That's I just, crazy. if I wake up dreaming about donuts, I'll just go eat a donut. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um, the thing. I think people put too much pressure on themselves. Like, yeah. I, like I used to do, I'd be like, all I want to do is have breakfast, but it's not 16 hours. <laughs> so, uh, cause I was doing fasting and I'm yeah. like watching the clock, like, all right, 11 o'clock now I can eat. And it's like, what's the point? Yes. So yeah. now what? I'm not enjoying my life, but I might live an extra three years because I'm doing fasting, but I didn't enjoy any of the 60 years prior to those three years. <laughs> Why are you counting down the seconds yeah. you can eat? Just wasting your life. <laughs> People inviting you out for breakfast. No, it's not 11 o'clock. Like, it's like, fuck. What's oh, the I'll have my bulletproof coffee, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, I think, um, that's the thing where I'm at now. I'm kind of like looking at everything out there. People are like, what's the best way to do I'm like, literally whatever you enjoy that's the best yep. way if you enjoy doing bodybuilding splits and you know having cheap meal like a full-blown pig out on a saturday 
then do that and just yeah. make a deficit Monday to Friday if you're trying to lose fat and it's just going to take you a bit longer like, but you're enjoying it so you're going to stick yeah. to it so it's 100%. like there is no way to do anything anymore I've realised whereas I was always trying to find the method or the system yes. and it's yeah. just like it doesn't exist That's just true, enjoy yeah. yourself and now I look back to how I've, how I've sort of progressed in my training I've just enjoyed it the whole time that's why I've always stuck at it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting anyway, what we do to ourselves. Yeah, very, yeah, very <laughs> true. We, we can put ourselves through a ringer sometimes as PTs. Um, that's a good one you touched on though about training, how you went through different training methods. What's some things that you found at the beginning that you learned with training that you no longer utilize or things that you um, push more now than others? Uh, what was I doing at the beginning? mentioned about the kettlebell yeah so I was doing lots of like circuits and um, you know it, every every session had like 10 exercises that I would do to time like for time like 45 seconds on 40 seconds off or one minute on 30 seconds off every session was like that so it was just all about speed and pace and dying on the floor every time you finished a set and um, you know, push into failure, push to failure, train four or five times a week. It was all like that kind of pressure. Um, whereas now it's not like that at all. I, I'll rest as long as I need to complete the next set because it's more about lifting the heavy weight with the best yep. technique and ensuring that, you know, I've warmed up correctly. I'm, open, I'm doing my activations and everything's balanced and working properly. Um, and I might do four to six exercises a session max. And it's just, um, so I've gone through that and I, I've, I, realize that all that variety you become the jack of all trades master of none and nothing really develops because you're kind of you know you're doing 10 exercises per session every session is different to the last you develop no skill at any particular lift so nothing ever gets stronger so you kind of just revolve in this kind of space where you're lifting the same weight on the same exercises for the whole two years you've been doing them whereas like when I really focused on technique and just harnessing my skill on the squat, harnessing my skill on the deadlift, harnessing my skill on the bench, the weight goes up, your muscles grow because you're lifting more weight um, and everything just feels better in your body because you're perfecting the technique and making everything balanced. So um, that's where I've kind of gone now. It's more about like precision of execution. Yes, I'm certain. Yeah, rather yeah. than more is better and just keep moving fast and you're going to get everything you want. Muscle growth, fat loss, everything, yeah. <laughs> money, <Yeah, yeah. laughs> which was the belief. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, that's not the way. I'd rather hone in on a few, get really good at the key movements, the fundamentals. And really, your muscles only need six exercises. Like, yes. yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. you do two push, two back, two legs and everything just grows if you get really good at them and get really strong at them. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've kind of gone through that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from massive amounts of variety to not much variety and just getting really good at them. Yep. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. How about you? What, um, what's your phases? Have you ever done CrossFit? Yeah, I <laughs> actually did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I actually, um, I was very, um, it was more so because I come from a boxing background. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, a lot of the boxing training involved um, waking up every day at 4 a.m. or sometimes even 2 a.m. and going for a run. Yeah, you know, right. Getting, getting your Ks in, getting your road work in. Um, because one of the beliefs in boxing is that you know you can throw the biggest punches, you can take the biggest punches, but if your legs can't hold you up for yeah. twelve rounds, you're useless. You're gonna fall down. You're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna stay down. Yeah. So running was a big thing. Um, just keep keep running. Um, she's distracting me over there. What do you What do you want? Can I have 
Sure, go for it. Yes. All right, that's my daughter just jumping in the podcast here, asking for food. <laughs> um, yeah, so boxing was a big part of what Oz, uh, my training beliefs were. Yeah. And when I started in the PT industry, um, the place I was working at was very particular on Charles Polican. I don't know if you oh, yeah. yeah, on his type of methods, yeah. which is all to do with um, strength and conditioning. Yeah. And it wasn't much conditioning in my eyes because to me conditioning was running for 10k's like you know dying after a session yeah. like you know going to vomit and then pushing yeah. for another half an hour that, that was my type of conditioning these guys it was conditioning of like you know can you do a split squat well can you do a can you do a body squat well and I was like yeah. <laughs> um, so this yeah, isn't that, conditioning yeah. <laughs> I was like this is this is made for pussies <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, like you, if you get, if you spent a couple of years getting punched in the face and like you know getting blood noses and yeah. split jaw and things like that, that's uh, to me that's conditioning. And now you're <laughs> that's learning a, how to much, goblet squat. Yeah, yeah. Three kilo. Number. Yeah, you're getting told off for not doing a split squat, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, cool. Um, so that's again round story coming back to what made me find CrossFit attractive yeah. is I love that type of intensity of yeah. training and um, but what I found is at the same time I was actually um, prepping for a strongman comp yeah. so I love heavy lifting too again it comes down to the adrenaline similar adrenaline I get from getting punched in the face yeah. is um, hopping onto a heavy bar it feels very similar to me as that little bit of fear that you have about a weight that might crush you Definitely. Um, so that that's what I had two conflicting sides there I was doing uh, CrossFit um, one-on-one coaching with uh, Ray from Range of Motion yeah. um, I know Razor Blade I don't know if you've seen him no, um, really cool dude anyway um, and then I was doing strongman training and I found trying to do that, those two together, like, and this is a good saying that I've been taught before is, you know, you have one arse, you can't ride two horses. Yeah. And this is something that I relate back to people now is that if you're trying to achieve one thing, do it really well and do it wholeheartedly. Don't try to do two because that's how you result in injury. Yeah. Um, and that's when I had my first, uh, first injury ever was, um, uh, tore meniscus in my knee, uh, slight tear. And that was from trying to do heavy CrossFit sessions and cardio, running, jumping, all this sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm 100 and I think I was 115 kilos at the time, plus trying to do heavy yokes and squats and on joints. Like, yeah, um, that's something I look back and go, now, yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people try to do that when they're in the moment because they just enjoy it. They want to do a bit of everything, yeah, especially yeah. if you've got ADHD like I do. It's just, you know, you want to try and do everything. So you've got to try to pull yourself back. Um, and that actually takes me to another point is that that's something I think that strength athletes or CrossFit athletes, any type of athlete that can push that be that one percent of what they do, mm-hmm. is makes them better than the rest. Is their joints, their ligaments, and their recovery is superior to or genetically superior to a lot of other people. Yeah, is um you know someone might get a knee or injury uh, from doing a massive wad or doing a heavy squat, for example, two different things, but similar amount of load on tenants. Um, one person might take twelve weeks. One person might take one week to recover yeah. from the exact same thing. And it's, it's very, um, I think that well, that's what actually makes great athletes and those sort of things. They don't get held back too often. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Definitely. that's uh, that comes back to how 
I was using different things at the beginning. I was like, all right, this is the way I used to train. Um, this is the way I've been taught. And now I, I do a very wide range. Like, I, I just love training. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just love well, it. I like, always all see types you of training. doing random shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that day I came yeah. in to do deadlifts with you, you trained twice before that day. Doing <laughs> carbs and shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Whereas I'm not that sort of person. I'm like, <laughs> I'll do what I need to do, yeah. but I'm not in love with it. <laughs> I'm having a love affair with training yeah. right? <laughs> but that's interesting someone literally like I know in England re- recently wrote to me on Instagram yeah. like he's um, he's lost a bit of weight doing running um, and just dieting and he's like yeah so I'm really getting into my training now and he's getting all excited because he's in that like beginner momentum phase he's like what do you think of this and he was like Monday gymnastics Tuesday CrossFit Wednesday swimming Thursday run and then it was just like everything and, and I said I think you're going to be an average gymnast runner swimmer yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you just focus on one you could be good at that one thing and get yeah. really good at it and he was like yeah good point and I was like and also think about your recovery like you've just put seven days down of seven different activities yeah. Yeah. come on like you got to have some rest days so um, I think that's again something that happens at the beginning everyone's like well I'm a PT and I love fitness seven days a week everyone come with me and then they just get into this kind of I've seen it before where I, and I've called it like you're either training from a place of fear or you're training from like a place of love and there's like a there's a massive difference and it's like training out of fear is like I'm not good enough I, I need to lose fat I need to do more and, and it's like becomes almost like an anxious training and yes, I see people yes. doing it all the time you can see people at the gym all the time you see them there every day they look stressed and they're, they're like never skinny enough or thin enough or ripped enough and, and it's like a almost like an anxious based training and often these kinds of people don't actually have that great results you never see them lifting more weight or you know looking any different from year to year whereas when you have that sort of love relationship with training you respect the recovery you respect the nutrition you respect the sleep and it's not just all about like i have to do more i have to do more i have to do more and, it, and I, I feel like that's something that would be a good lesson for people to learn quickly at the start and i think you just have to go through it yourself i've been there i went to a I remember once I was at a music festival back in the day when I was like Mr. Superfood Guru and I was like, I I can't have a day off training. And I went to a music festival. I had like four hours sleep and I'd woken up in the tent and I was like, I've got to go for a run. And I was off running and I was like, what am I doing? Like, you're not going to lose muscle or fitness if you take two days off. But I look back now, I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And I think it happens to a lot of people at the beginning where you're like, all right, well, this is something I love now. And I have to do more and more and more of it to get more results because yep. I've seen a little result from doing a little bit and it's, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Like the body needs to recover. It needs to heal. It needs to like adapt to the stimulus and yes, um, true. Yeah, yeah. to get the results. Uh, so yeah, just another little thing for people to learn at the start, I guess. Yeah, that's probably a good point is we're currently in a worldwide state of a pandemic mm. and you know it could be in the next month or months uh, before gyms open up again and we're going to have a lot of newcomers to the gym because there's going to be a lot of people who uh, for example used to cycle to work or they used to um, you know walk to the bus and yeah. get off the bus and walk to work they were quite active in their day-to-day life that now can't leave the house mm-hmm. or um, might have underlying health issues where they can't leave the house or they're just working from home so again less less activity in um, so newcomers like that to the gym what's some what's some advice would you give to people touching on what you just said before 
Um, <clears throat> this is going to sound very biased because we're personal trainers, but I would yep. invest in a personal trainer. Yep. Um, and I'm just saying that from a, a place of wanting you to get the best results and out of love for the person. So it's like, if you just spent 12 sessions with one PT, um, you know, once a week for 12 weeks or yep. twice a week for six weeks, I think it's just going to set you up and just ask all the questions, email yep. them every week and day or whatever, and get all, get all the information you can while you're with them. And then that's just going to set you up into a place where you'll have a decent program, you'll have some structure, you'll have some understanding of nutrition, you'll understand the principles um, so that then you can carry it on. Because I think what people do is they go, all right, Revo is only $9 a week. I don't want to spend money on my fitness, but I want to get the fucking best results. So then I'll just figure it out off YouTube and bodybuilding.com. And then they do all this weird shit for like 18 months, <laughs> realize they're getting nowhere. Now yeah. their knees sore, their yeah. back sore, they've torn their rotator cuff and they're like, fuck, all right, maybe I'll go and invest in the PT. And then we get them yeah. all broken with all these bad <laughs> habits. If we just it got does. them <laughs> yeah, yes. at the start. Uh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now we got to undo this. So now it's going to be 24 or 28 sessions, not 12, where we yeah. could have just molded you from the beginning yeah. and sent you off on your way with like a really good understanding of what you need to do um, that would just be my number one tip like if you literally have no clue and your special your speciality is accounting leave us to sort out your fitness mm. don't think that you know you're gonna be able to just people can figure it out on them on their own but I feel like there's a lot of impatience in the world people want the best results as fast as possible so just <laughs> invest the bit of time and money into someone that can help you get there it's like if I wanted to sort out my account my accounts for my tax yeah I could sit down for the next three months and try and f siphon through all the yep. information yep. or I could just pay an accountant $400 to do it for me and it's yes, like yeah. done perfectly so um, that would just be my piece of advice invest the time and money into learning how to do it properly from the very beginning um, yeah any advice that you got exactly what you, exactly <laughs> what you said is that um, I find this probably works better and like some of my best clients are people who uh, have very stressful jobs yeah. or have run their own businesses or have their own companies is the last thing they want to think about when they walk into a gym is what they have to do. Yeah. Um, they just want to be told what they need to do and they get to the next session, they're told what they have to do. They just want to get told what they have to do in between now and then. Mm -hmm. Even if like, and this is going a little bit off track here, but even if they are the type of person that has, you know, kids, wife, business, employees, family, friggin', you know, just general life and busy, um, they'll do the minimum of what you ask them to do, but they'll get better results over a longer period of time than someone who, example, like we said before, has got seven days mapped out, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, and then they crash and burn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, difference of that is that managing your expectations. Yeah. When you walk into the gym, looking at, and this is what a coach will help you do, or a personal trainer, a good personal trainer should help you do, is manage your total your total um, stress and your total load of your life and go, this is, uh, this is what you want to achieve. You want to look like um, Daniel Craig, mm. In James Bond, um, you currently look like Butterbean off, uh, <laughs> off The Simpsons or something. We uh, we can probably get you a quarter of the way there with your current life stresses. Yeah. Uh, in about twelve weeks, um, after that we're going to have to step it up and push even harder. Like giving give, give people realistic expectations, I think, is a big thing Definitely. when they walk into a gym. Definitely. Um, yeah. And what was else something you touched on there about? Um, um, our communication so you know the best part about having a personal trainer especially good personal trainers um, like ourselves is that if you can communicate really well with your trainer and ask all the questions you will get the best results you possibly can mm. in the time frame you're working with them um, because I, I have, I have I've had a lot of clients in the past that wanted 
the best results that have the shittest communication skills and wonder why they're not like just treading water for 12 weeks. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so I have, I have these processes of checking in with people. Um, the people that use that service, like literally I'll get, I'll get people that um, will use my service, the 24 hour mm. communication um, I have, like they can send me as many messages, as many videos, as many emails as they want. I sit down one day a week and I focus on all that. Yeah. I get back to them all. If I've got time at night or during the day, I'll get back to them. Um, those people get the most amazing results. And I think that's the biggest difference between people that really want a goal um, and really um, struggle to get a goal but still want it. Is, is just nailing that point of uh, communication is key. And I think that is, um, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. One is actually giving permission to the client to access you whenever and actually letting them, letting them know it's okay to use that because I, I feel like some people hold back because they feel like they're being a bother. Yeah. But it's like it's actually enjoyable to ed- for us to educate someone. Yes. Even if we've said it to 10 people that week, the same thing, you still get a sense of fulfillment going, well, now that person understands that principle of nutrition, of training, of technique or whatever it yeah. is. So it's actually enjoyable for us to do that part. The bo- Like... That's the best part of the job. So I feel like if, if you explain that at the start, like it's fine for you to message me as much as you like because yes, that's 100%. what I'm here yeah. for. Um, but also honesty, like with that communication from the client's perspective, this is something I've touched on with people lately is that they need to be honest. I feel like um, this is something I've wanted to touch on for a while actually, I'm glad we're talking about it, is because I feel like with the, you know, like when we come through school, we come through the school system and it's like there's a right answer, there's a wrong answer, and it's embarrassing to be wrong, and you're like looked down upon if you get the test wrong or you fail that thing, and it's like all praise over here for the A student that gets everything right and ticks the right boxes. I feel like that mindset comes through. What I find with some client check ins is that they'll fill out their spreadsheet. So I do like a thing where it's like fill out your calories every day and then I'll figure out the average and compare yep. it to your body weight and all that. Everything's perfect in the in the chart, yeah. but they're not getting the results. It's like, yeah, you've done like, everything perfectly for four uh, weeks. You're still fat. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why are you still fat? You've done every calories, protein, steps, sleep, water, everything's so well, perfect for four weeks, but you haven't changed a kilo or a point one of a kilo. Oh, and it's like... Don't you love it? Don't you love it when they fill out, like, if you use that sort of method, right, and you're like, you know, I want you to track your food via a spreadsheet or app. And like, you know, I hit my protein goal, hit my carb goal, got my fats, even got some veg in. It's like, what were those entries? It was a Big Mac. I just broke it down into yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, 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 it had like a sesame seed bun, nice carbs, had the fiber in there, you know, wholesome beef. <laughs> yeah, it was just grass-fed. Oh, I had that every day. <laughs> It's so true, uh, but I feel like people are um, afraid to. It's like uh, what I'm trying to say is check in is not a time for you to show us how perfect you are. It's a time for you to be completely honest so we know yeah. what we can do in the next step yeah. to help you. Because if everything's perfect and nothing's changed in terms of your progress pictures, your measurements, or your weight, but, every, but you're saying everything's perfect and you're in England, so I can't actually have a chat with you. Yeah. All I'm going off is what you're presenting me. I'm just kind of sat there going, well, you're doing everything perfectly, but nothing's changing. I'm shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This, this, this doesn't work then. Yeah. Um, but it's, so I feel like there's a level of honesty that needs to come with the communication. Um, and that just needs to be sort of laid out at the start. So then that's the best way you're going to get results. If you communicate regularly and you're completely honest in everything yeah. that you say and do, 
um, then you're going to get results because that's how a coach helps you. Yes, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. like you wouldn't go into, um, you used to play rugby or soccer? Yeah, rugby. Yeah, yeah. So let's say um, uh, for our English, South African, New Zealand um, <laughs> followers, uh, rugby, but for our Australian followers, we'll say AFL. Um, hard words to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, AFL, you wouldn't, go, you wouldn't go to your first practice and be like, oh, I better not tell my coach that I'm twisting my ankle or that, um, you know, I don't actually know how to play. Um, you got, you really got to be open yeah. with, like, if, you, if you've got a personal trainer, treat them as a coach yeah. and give them that respect to be able to help you, like, let them help you because mm. that's, that's their job. Um, I know some, like, in, I've had clients before who are, or like, like you said, are too scared, to, even though you may have told them, yes, please be open honest with me. You've got my full attention. I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, and they still feel like it's a burden to ask you a question is, yeah. am I doing this lift right? It's like, and you got to explain to people, no, it's not a burden. Like, but the last coach I had got sick of me sending them so many messages. I'm like, well, they're a dickhead. Yeah. Like, they're not doing their job properly. Yeah. Like, that's not your fault that you had a terrible coach before. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's a trust like there. It just comes yeah. down to being able to trust, um, <laughs> trust your coach. Definitely. And trust yourself to be able to be open. Yeah, and yeah. as the coach, you've got to realize that they're paying you a weekly fee or whatever. That's, you're on yeah. all that week, unless yeah. you specify otherwise. But for most coaches, it's like weekly check-ins, daily like accountability or whatever you yeah. offer. They're paying you that 100 bucks a week or whatever it is, then that's what you're there for. Yeah, so exactly, you can't yeah. be like, hey, fucking stop asking me questions. Like, that's what you exist for. That's yes. why your relationship exists. Yeah, yeah. It's for them to ask you questions and you to offer guidance. Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, I've heard that before, like people getting annoyed or people getting fed up with their clients and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, you, like, if you don't want the client, get rid of them and give them to someone else. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, and I suppose it's like any business. I, I was talking about before about how I'd inquired about a service of a business mm. to get... Um, a piece of um, something stored in my gym yeah. and talking on the phone everything's great they said they'll send me an email didn't get an email give them a follow up call no answer it's like I, I could I could never do that to someone just because I have like you know you just you have standards of what yeah. um, how you treat a client or how you treat someone um, so when I get that same sort of service outside of my business from other businesses the very first thing I go is like I'll tell someone yeah oh, don't use these guys yeah. they suck yeah. um, and never go back to them like yeah. I just I just, yeah and I, I think that's a thing for clients out there who are stuck with terrible PTs is fire them don't, yeah. don't be don't be um, remember you are the client you are the customer so if you're not getting the result you want or the service you yeah. want get rid of them find someone great like us and put your yeah. money somewhere else <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so true and I feel like some people, again, it's that guilt. They feel like they've committed once and now they have to commit forever. Yeah. So you don't. Like, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, uh, that's a saying. Um, that I, I love the saying um, about any type of change, really, is you're not a fucking tree. You don't have to be stuck where you are. <laughs> yeah. You can literally get up and go, move, change jobs, change houses, change yeah. countries, for God's sakes. Like, if you're not happy, change. Make it change. Make it fit your life how you mm. want it to make it fit. And um, I suppose that would come across to, uh, you know, yourself. You move countries and states. And states, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just trying to find a position. Because I think we spoke before about Melbourne for you. Yeah. You don't mind me touching on this, yeah, but like yeah. how, how like Melbourne, uh, you weren't feeling that was your place. And, yeah. Yeah, and that hence the move. Yeah. And I think it just happens. Like I got to a point in England where I was like, 
this isn't me anymore. I think if you're someone that enjoys personal growth and stuff like that, yeah. you get to a point where you just outgrow the situation that you're in. And it, and it's not that you have to keep moving in order to grow. You can you can grow where you are. But I feel like for me, I've always found it easier to develop the next stage of what I want to develop when I'm in a new place because you can form a whole new identity within that place. Yes, so like yeah. when I was in England, it was all about parties and late nights and drinking five nights a week. And um, I was moving to Australia in a way for citizenship reasons, but I was like, I'm glad I'm leaving because I've kind of outgrown this. I'm sick yes, of it. I was yeah. trying to do other stuff, but you always get pulled back into the herd because they expect you to be a certain way. And so you live up to that expectation yes. all the time. So it's like, uh, I'm going to join the gym. And I did it for like four weeks, but then I'm out drinking and, and having cigarettes with a beer. And I'm like, oh, fuck the gym off. This is, this is who I am. But when I left Australia, it was like, all right, I'm not drinking for a while. I'm, I'm not doing the social smoking or whatever it was. Um, and I could form the identity that I was trying to form back then, but because I didn't have the peer pressure around me pulling me back to the old ways. And then I be- and that's why out here I, f- I went and studied massage and then I became the PT and I did all the things that I've wanted to do for so long, but I was suppressing them because I was stuck in that herd and that social group. Makes sense, yeah. Um, and the same thing in Melbourne. I was doing a certain thing in a certain way and I was like, yeah, it's time for a change partner wanted to move to Perth and I was like yeah let's go live near a nicer beach like that'll yeah. be great so um, yeah I feel like uh, Gary Vee once said in a video changing your mind is a strength and I've, it's always resonated with me because I'm like oh yeah I've always thought of it as a weakness ah uh, yeah yeah like, like changing too if, often yeah if you mean? change yeah, too yeah. often yeah, yeah so I'm always like if you no once you commit you commit and, and you're in it forever and it's like but yeah changing your mind is a strength because it's something it, takes up courage it takes a bit of courage to go actually i want something different now i want to do something in it i want to go off in a new direction i think i've never viewed it as a strength before but it i, I think after hearing that i was like yeah it is that's that's really cool and that um actually uh, that, that reminds me of a saying i read the other day um about uh motivation for example yeah. it's like motivation is like a shower or a bath uh, there's a reason why you have it every day yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah. You know, you can't just have one bath at the beginning of the week and think that's gonna that's gonna cut it for the yeah. rest of the week. I'm gonna be highly motivated, or you know, in a shower case, you're gonna be clean for the rest yeah, of the week. No, yeah. like you gotta you gotta refresh yourself every day. You gotta press that refresh button, which is the reason why we have to sleep and yeah, um, looking at that opportunity to change things, even on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, to find something that works and that might not always work for a long period. Like for you, for example, if you lived in one place for like a year or two, mm. or like you know, five years or even ten years, it's like there's something will always serve a purpose to your life up to that point yeah um, and that's exactly why like I'm sure yourself you change your clients programs every X amount of weeks yeah or, yeah you know, um, so forth um, and that's you know your body adapts your brain adapts your environment adapts so you gotta yeah. and if you're a person who likes challenge you gotta constantly have that new challenge yeah. yeah and I think it is something that I've um, actually let be a weakness in my life before is like well, like what I said before, when I was at the start of learning PT and everything, I was like, I was looking for the one way that I could stick to forever, because it was like, it was, yeah, I don't know why, why it would be a part in my brain, but it's like, I want to find the method, the system, and I'll just stick to that for the rest of my life. But I think what I've realized in later years is, or more recently is like, 
you know, I've gone down the path of designing online programs and stuff to try and like create a system. And I'm like, ah, oh, nah. And I've gone three months in and realized that it, it's bullshit and it doesn't work. So I'll just scrap it. Whereas before yeah. I would have just kept going with it because yeah. it's like, yeah. you can't change now, you're in. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. now I think, nah, fuck it, change is a strength. So yeah. get rid of that. Let's That's just start it, yeah. again and, and go off in a different direction. Yeah, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll just check the time. I'm going there for time. Cool. That pretty much wraps it up, man. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. For the people that uh, listen, this will be up on Spotify if you're not already listening to it as we're speaking. Thanks, guys. Brilliant. Cheers, Joe. Thank you.